Well, let's welcome back Coach Fresky. Coach, do you have team updates for us? Yeah, um, coming off uh, of a, a disappointing game on Saturday. Um, you know, we we uh, we played a, you know one of our rivals, Concordia, good program, good good staff and team. And um, going into the game, we felt good. We felt like we matched up well. Um, I think early on, you know, very early, I should say, we we started pretty strong, and um, unfortunately, we just made some, too many mental mistakes and. It became. Um, it went from like an, a, men, a mental challenge to an emotional one in that third quarter, and it was unfortunate. I really felt like it was a game. You know, we were due to break out. Um, I think our team did too, and so there's there was some disappointment after the game. But um, despite that, you know, I'm proud of our response. I feel like we practiced. You know, our meetings and practice times went well. We had a reserve game on Monday, and the guys came out. You know, got after it hard and competed well. So. Um, you know, I think we were disappointed, but not discouraged. We're still, we're still working. We're still trying to get better, and we're still playing for each other. So, proud of that. Well, when you have kind of a game like that, where it, it seems like lots of things go against you, do you just wipe the slate clean? Kind of just go, okay, we just had a really bad day. Let's move on to the next week. Um, some to some degree, yeah. I, I think in in this instance, just the fact that we've we've um. I felt like it was a regression in terms of our, our assignments and execution, on, especially offensively. Like, that's something that has to be addressed. Like, we can't – I can accept when a team beats us straight up when we play our game. When we don't, when we don't do what we're expected to do, um, that's where we, we, we've got to improve. So, there's some, the way we practice, we, we, we did a few different things to alter how we practice this week. Um, we've added some more meeting times just to make sure guys are hundred percent. It was all a mental game. If have we, I don't, I don't feel, well, I think Concordia is a good team. I don't feel like they were drastically physically better than us. Um, but we, we hurt ourselves too much with assignment issues and, um, I can't let that happen. And I don't think our team wants to let that happen either. So we, we changed how we prepared a little bit. I thought the 41 points given up against Concordia watching the game was a little misleading. I thought the defense played pretty well and made some big plays at times during the contest. Did did you kind of look at this as maybe kind of a not a good indicator of how the group performed? 100%, yeah. The, that, and that was actually my message to the defense. Coach Donovan did a really good job, great game plan. Um, and I, I after we had our Monday film session, I went and made sure I addressed the defense and just let them know, like, hey, listen, I know you're disappointed. I know there's still room for growth. Like, you guys could play better. But, like, that that performance is not how you played. And it's it's something that was, quite honestly, it's the offensive side of the ball. It's got to be got to get better. Um, cannot, cannot allow the defense to play as many plays as they've had to play and play with so many short fields. Um, we spotted them, you know, a considerable amount of points in field position, so it's, it can't cha- that can't happen. And um, I'm proud of that defensive group. They're getting better each week. Your players of the game. Uh, so we had a few up front. You know, I'll start with the offense. We we need to be better, I know, but you, you and I have talked about um, a young man, Ricky Rodriguez, one of our guards. He's been phenomenal all year. Um, it's just worked really, really hard. Um to come and come ready to go at camp. He was in the best shape we've seen him so far, and it's showing in his play. He's becoming more of a, a vocal leader now. His, his confidence is changing. So um, you might not see it. You know, it's definitely not a stat sheet thing, but our team notices the difference. Ricky is playing phenomenal. Um, wouldn't be able to do it without the scout look, right? And Jaden Smith was just great on the D-line. He's been, you know, a high-motor player for us now for, for two years, and 
he's improving each week, and we feel like he's got a chance to come and help us pretty soon um, you know, on the defensive side of things because of his effort. So um, he was our scout deep player of the week. Uh, defense was, was Mitch Smarzinski. Good to have him back. He's been hurt, um, and this was kind of his first day back, and he's such, he's such an effective pass rusher. I think he had two tackles for loss, a sack. Um, and our D-line counted it up. You know, he, he hit the QB on a quarter of his snaps. Um, so he was he was very active and, and helped us a uh, considerable amount. It's great to ha- have him back. Um, Scout O player of the week was Holt Chavez. He's just been playing every role under the sun. Holt is a phenomenal leader for us. And then our warrior of the week um, was actually a guy that didn't play. He was he's been banged up um, dealing with a thumb injury, but has just been a really good spiritual and emotional leader. Elijah Edwards. He's a freshman for us. Um, Elijah is a young man that shines the light of God everywhere he goes. And even in a day like Saturday where, you know, I think there was some disappointment on the sideline, uh, Elijah was going around and encouraging each other, encouraging guys. Um, I saw him praying with guys, like really, really proud of, of, of how he handled himself. And, and we want to we want to recognize him for that. So, Well, let's look ahead to this week. You have Rockford coming to town, a team struggling a little bit themselves right now. And so what, what do you see as the biggest challenges challenge facing this region's team? Um, Coach Tolliver does a phenomenal job with with their offense. He was he was their coordinator before um, being named the head coach, and so I think he, there's two things that that we have to deal with on the defensive side. Um, one, you know, they, they formation you considerably, so you're going to see anywhere from 15 to 25 formations in a game. Um, so it requires you to be really really sound with your alignments and your eyes. Um, so it's a credit to him that he challenges you that way. I think the other thing is, you know, they've got a quarterback now that is going into his, if you count the COVID season, his fourth starting year, and he's very effective. Jalen Ray is a really good player. Um, there's a reason he's one of the top in the country with offense output. Um, so you got to contend with him, and he's, he's not an easy guy to bring down. He's probably 230, 240. Um, so that's, that's a challenge on that side. On, on the offensive side of things, They've moved. Um, they got a, a new coordinator who does a nice job, and they've moved to a, a very man-heavy scheme. Um, they bring some unique looks and pressures. Um, so you've got to grapple with picking up the pressure and, and converting on man, which um, is typically more low percentage. So they try to get you to play a game where you know you can't really always get in rhythm, um, which can frustrate an O. And so we've been trying to one work on you know on those things, but two prepare our offense. Like, like hey, listen, it's going to be a little bit more of a boomer bust type game, and you got to be ready for that. So, um, excited for you know our our team to get a chance to respond. Um, excited for you know I think what's going to be a great day. It's a homecoming game. You know, a lot of alums have talked about coming back, and so that'll be fun. Um, it'll be good a good Saturday for sure. Now, this is a Regents team that gives up a lot of uh, yards on the ground. You haven't had a, a great deal of success running the ball early on, but do you see that as a key for your team to have a better offensive flow to be able to attack their run defense? Uh, yes, we have. I mean, it's been a huge, you know, if I'm being transparent, something I knew was going to take some time for us um, going into the season to develop. Um, we've got a lot of new, you know, first-year starters um, involved with the run game. And we're improving each week, even in the Concordia game. You know, I think our – you know, it's – the aggregate total of yards might not look good, but I thought we had some efficient runs. Um, 
And so we just couldn't put drives together to see it enough. But I think that's going to be a big key to the game is, you know, hitting our seams and, and making, making guys miss at the second level. If you watch the last few games, you know, the Lakeland game, the Eureka game, um, even the Scholastica game, it really what you notice is the, the big running totals that Rockford let up are on a handful of runs. It's those, those times where they give you, um, you know, man coverage and, and, and you, you fit it perfectly that all of a sudden that's a, a 30 to 50 yard touchdown, you know? Um, so that's, that's been something we're working on all week is, is taking advantage of those times where they give us that, that look and, and hitting it big. On the other side of the ball, they, they have not been really been able to move the ball on the ground as well, but have had a lot of success to the air. How do you feel that your defense matches up against them in that way? Yeah, they, so some of the success in the air is, is similar to us. They like to use – they view the screen game as an extension of the run game. Um, so it's almost like modern-day triple option is what I would say. It's, you know, old-school triple, it's, it's a handoff to a pitch, and now what you're seeing a lot of teams do is it's a handoff to a quick throw. And they do that very well, um, and once they establish that, they, they're able to get, get you vertical because um, you get aggressive to it. And so I think a couple keys are, are really just going to be, you know, disrupting the screen game, um, getting some pass rush. You know, we, we, gotta, we, we saw, I think, some growth in our pass rush last week. And if we're able to, to get Jalen off, off of his landmarks and make him make throws on the move, that, that's going to help us a ton. So those are the big ones, um, aside from just being, like, every week, having your eyes right on the back end. Well, let's jump into fan questions now, and we'll start with Dan. It says, Coach, three straight games on the road. We finally come home. Do you feel like a little home cooking should spark the team? I think it's going to help us, you know, feel a little bit of a rhythm. Uh, I do. I, I think um, I think more than anything, the guys are just excited to compete and, and play the way, like, we know we're capable. It's, you start to feel like you sound like a broken record. Like we're we're a better football team than we've shown, but the reality is like you have to show it, right? You don't. No one is uh, is giving you credit for any potential. It's you have to be able to show what you're capable of when it counts. And I think the guys are ready to do that. And um, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing our response. You know, Coach, I thought this was an interesting question because I think a lot of people would look at it and go, "Well, it's not like you're traveling overnight or something like that," but. I'm looking at you're still out of a routine. You have to you have to get up and get on a bus and travel to some other place and you know kind of get yourself situated in a locker room that's not yours. There's a lot of unknowns about that kind of thing that I think do disrupt the team, especially three weeks in a row. Am I wrong in that? No, you're not wrong. It definitely is. Uh, it's a different experience. You know, one one of the things like your your locker room experience is is very different. Um, you know. With the exception of St. Norbert, the other two locker rooms are incredibly small. Um, you, you can't fit more than 30 in there. So there's there's some unique challenges with that stuff. Um, it's hard to feel like a semblance of team. It's hard to rally guys together. Um, yeah, you're definitely off rhythm when you're on the road. And even though I, our, our two, two of the three road trips were very local, you know, kind of similar to like a high school road game, um, we try to do as much as we can here to help with that um, because they're short trips. Um, but you still feel it, you know, and um, I think probably one of the hardest things, like, is, is halftime, is not being able to have that rhythm at halftime. It's always a little bit different, a little bit choppy. Um, both uh, Carol and, and Concordia have longer trips from your, your locker room to the field, so you want to regroup, 
but then you kind of get cut off on time to do so and get them back on the field. It's, there's some challenges for sure. Jim would like to know, he says, can you see a situation where you make it through the entire season and have not settled on what you believe to be the permanent number one quarterback? I hope not. I hope not. We, we're, we're, we're going back with, with Bryce. Um, you know, I, Bryce has done a nice job as is Trey and Nate. And those guys, I mean, I, I love our quarterback room. Um, but we made the decision to, to pull Bryce just because it felt like he was disillusioned with his play. Like, you know, he, he had those three interceptions fairly early, um, you know, and prior to that, had done a nice job of protecting the ball and making this good decision. So was, you know, I talked to him. I was like, hey, man, I want to roll with you. I'm going to give you one more shot to show me you're seeing it today. And it just wasn't a, a fluid drive. And that was why we, we made the decision to move to Trey. But um, he's done so much as a leader for us vocally. Um, you know, I think he's learning how to prepare as the starter and prepare his teammates as well. So, you know, we're rolling with him again. And my, my hope is that, you know, he takes it and runs with it. Um, but I am grateful we have a great quarterback room, and it it has been a kind of a neck and neck battle between him and Trey. And um, you know, as you know, Nate Griffith's been successful for us, and he's right behind it. So it's it's a really deep room. Gabe says, "I know your answer to the, to this is that you would be happy winning either one. But as a coach, do you enjoy coaching and winning a game where your team won forty eight to forty five, or where they won ten to seven? Um." I, I don't know. I, I think on either side, it's all it's all your perspective, right? Like, you know, I call the offense. Uh, it feels fun when you score points, but when your defense is playing real well, like that's that's pretty nice to have. Uh, so I, I guess I, I really don't have a preference. Maybe when I was a younger call, play caller and stuff like that, I would have said forty-eight. But at this point, man, it's wins are hard to come by. It's hard to win in college football. There's so many things that got to go right. Um, and it's, I don't, God has t- taught me, like, you never take those successes for granted. I think um, in my early days at Lakeland, I took them for granted because they just, we, we had such good teams for a while. But it's, uh, you got to earn them. Frank says, I know you love the Wisconsin Lutheran College job, but do you see this as your dream job, or is there another job out there that you would really enjoy more, do you think? I love it here. Um, yeah, I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a dream job. I know that sounds like a kind of a cop out, but um, yeah, I really believe that God is is going to place me where He needs me to be. I try to I try to be in the moment. Um, I think it's no accident that that He called me back here, back home, um, to share the gospel through the game of football. Um, it was what you know God used to bring me to Him, and so that's a dream for me is to be able to be at a place that that I can share that that I can be open and honest about my faith, that I can use this platform to reach people in our city, um, to reach young people that are going to impact others. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I would say. And, you know, I, I, every time I've, it's been a season for me to move to a new place um, career-wise, God has made it very clear. So I don't chase that stuff. I'm just going to trust that, that, that when, when or if the time is there, he'll, he'll make it obvious to me. Raymond asked, he says, you don't hear that much concern about head injuries in football anymore. Is just just not the thing to talk about any longer, or have you seen a dramatic change in this area? Um, I think 
I think it's a combination. I think um, it was kind of in vogue um, to do that. Um, you know, when you when you talk about like the the larger media corporations and stuff, I think I, I am actually happy that it happened because I think it um, changed how a lot of programs and coaches you know prepared and, and uh, some of the safety protocols. I, I think you know youth football, for example, is considerably safer now. Um, most leagues like require um, coaching certifications and and some. Um, you know, proper equipment fittings and stuff like that. So there's a lot of positives that came out of that. Um, we have a unique perspective here. We've been a part of um, a nationwide concussion study for, for several years. Actually, even one of our players um, is, is administering that one, one right now with the Medical College of Wisconsin because um, he's a neuroscience guy. But our team has been a part of that study. And um, it's surprising, you know, most concussions – are not from the, the hit itself. It's from the ground contact. Um, so that's one thing that's been kind of revealed. The other is that is that um, that football is not the only sport that has significant concussion risks. They they found that um, soccer has actually had higher percentages of, of participants with concussion. Um, then it's it's football, hockey, and then basketball is not far behind. So there's a risk when you're playing all the sports. And I think it's just coming back to like teaching, you know, good technique and, and having safe practices and how you prepare your players. That's, that's important. Phil has two questions for you. The first is, were you a trash talker when you were a receiver? No, no. I think it probably bothers my team. I, I, I was a guy that wanted to talk with my pads, talk with how I played. Um, I remember when I was a senior, we kind of, we did we used to do like a mentor system, and I had a, a my mentee was a, a tremendous player out of Chicago, Larry Harrell. We still talk to this day, and comes back to the team sometimes and talks. And he always used to just be like, "Dude, you never say anything." He would like it would almost bother you know, like I'd have a big play or something, and I would just like kind of jog back to the huddle and be super silent, like you wouldn't know the difference. Um, but I, that was something that I learned at a young age, and I always felt you know. I watch guys like Jerry Rice. I watch guys like um, Barry Sanders and and Sterling Sharp. These those are my favorite players. And um, you, when you watch those guys play, they acted like they did it before. And I always wanted to carry myself that way. Is is I wanted people to to see how I played, not hear it. He also wanted to know: Did you have a nickname when you played? No, <laughs> no, no, my. My my nickname really has just been my last. Most people don't even call me Eric, or they just call me Tresky when I was playing. Um, my most random nickname I ever got. This is embarrassing, but I'll tell it anyways. Um, when I was in fourth grade, it was my first year ever playing organized basketball. I was terrible, and I, the only thing I could do is defend and rebound. I remember I shot a free throw over the hoop. It was embarrassing, but um, one time I. My coach, because I was a hustle player, my coach, he nicknamed me, he said I was a workhorse, so he nicknamed me Horse. So that was my my nickname in fourth grade. Was I was on the, the Cedarburg Rex Spurs, and I was my nickname was Horse. Um, so that's that's been about the only athletics nickname I got, which is, is pretty awful. Hard worker even early on. That's what we like. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, Alicia would like to know, what is your favorite homecoming moment? Um, man, I mean, I always love just how it brings the community together. So from like 
the outside perspective, I think, from my own homecoming experiences. Um, in my senior year, I had um, probably, I would say, one of the best, like, individual games that I, I ever played. Um, and I think it's a good lesson to learn. It started in a, in a bad way. So we were playing a good football team um, in our conference, and I had a breakaway run. I was playing running back that day. I kind of They moved me back and forth between Q and running back. And so – I was on a breakaway run, and um, I was usually pretty quick, but there was a kid that got me from behind. I got loose with the ball, and he popped it out. His first fumble, it was honestly, I think, the only time I ever fumbled in a game in high school or college. And so I was, like, super down. Like, I got, first off, I got hawked. I got chased from behind. So, like, got to unhitch the trailer. And second, I got loose with the ball. I was so frustrated, but I just remember my coach looking me in the eye and let me know, like, how much he trusted me. Then we're going to go right back to you. So don't get in your feelings. Come, at, come ready to play. Um, and the rest of that game, I, I only played for the half. I, I think I had like six touchdowns in the half and, um, it was just a crazy day. So yeah, it was, it, it didn't start well. Um, but that was a good lesson for me to learn. It's like sometimes the best moments in life are on the other side of heart or on the other side of disappointment. And so I, I always try to remember that. Chris would like to know, I found this a very interesting question. He'd like to know, what do you pray about regularly? Uh, I pray, I think one, you know, that I'm doing God's will kind of as, as Jesus instructed us to pray. I, like I, I don't, one of my, my biggest fears is that I spend time doing the wrong things, even good things. I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm doing what, what his will is for me each day. Um, I pray for my, my wife, our marriage. I pray for her. Um, I pray that I'm able to be the man that God needs. He called me to be for her and that she needs. Um, like same with my sons, I pray for them, um, that they just never, they never lose sight of who they are, who God called them to be. We created them to be, I think in this world, we can get so, um, it can get confusing, especially for young people, you know, that understanding their identity, um, understanding who they are in Christ and not getting caught up in the ways of the world. Um, I pray for, um, our staff, our kids, um, that, that this be a ministry, I pray for our, 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 our ministry. I've got a phenomenal ministry team that's doing work here in, in Milwaukee and that we're able to shine the light of Jesus. Um, yeah, those are things I think I pray for on the daily. And then obviously there's day-to-day needs and stuff. But, yeah, that's those are things that are always a part of it for sure. That's fantastic. And on that note, what are our incredible words of wisdom this week, Coach? I'm going to give you something. I'll be real and vulnerable. I, I, um, I felt myself get frustrated on Saturday and um you know I really try to make sure that like I'm not fixed like focused on the scoreboard that like our focus is just pouring into our guys and being in the moment helping them use their gifts but you know you feel that pressure and I I felt that pressure and um I just we got done praying as a staff this morning and I really felt like there's been more stress or anxiety um on me lately, and it's because I'm not giving things over to God as much as I ought to. I'm trying to do things in my own strength. And I think the reason I felt that way on Saturday um, was because of that. And the Word tells us the joy of the Lord is our strength, right? Finding joy in every little moment, every little blessing. Like the miracles are all around us if we're opening our eyes to it. And I wasn't coaching with joy on Saturday. I, I, I wasn't. And I, I want to make sure that I'm doing that. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to keep, 
keep in prayer throughout the day and, and keep our team focused on him throughout the day and not just get stuck in the preparation, right? Um, so that's the biggest word I, I would say is, you know, if you're feeling, it's crazy, like three or four people yesterday all talked to me about the same thing, how they're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, like they got too much on their plate. And, and I really believe like that's a time where, number one, you have to give it over to God and say, God, I need you in this. Like, not just in all the big picture things, but I need you in the small things I'm doing today. And number two, like, God, give me wisdom to know, like, what I should spend my time on. If, if there's things that I need to be saying no to, because um, you, can, you can fill your plate so much that you miss out on the most important things sometimes. So That's fantastic. Coach Tresky, thanks for joining us this week. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it.